to our first ever Amphorasode. <laughs> That's a working title. We hope that you like it. <laughs> and a working um, intro. So these are basically our, our mini episodes. There are side quests. They are where we're going to just basically tell you one myth and you're going to have fun with it because it's bite-sized because we know that a lot of people uh, struggle to stay alive for 90 minutes. So we want to make sure that I'm dead right now. Um, <laughs> we want to make sure that <laughs> the show is accessible on multiple levels, and um, we wanted to create just like a little bite-sized moment for everybody. And Who so we called love it bite-sized. Bite-sized. Bite so cute. And tiny. A size so cute you could bite it. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> um, now, why do we call it the M4 episode? Well, we've talked to you guys a lot. You know, we we reference a lot in the podcast how depictions are usually determined by how we see the art on um, Greek vase painting, and those vases or vases, if you're a cheap who are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who, uh, if you're an uneducated strumpet, um, you would say vase and not vase. Um, I'm, I'm team vase, I have to say. It's I'm little, team vase all vase. the way. When I remember and I can make a conscious choice, I go for vase every time. Vase. It makes you sound like you have all your teeth, which I don't. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, you know that the Greek vase painting really is where we get a lot of the ideas of like how they actually thought their gods looked and stuff like that. And those vases were usually called amphoras. So just as simple and easy as a vase painting, here we are. It's your amphora zone. <laughs> it's a stretch, we know, but you know what? You, like it. you can and fucking you like stretch before you listen to us and limber up instead of going in cold. You're not fucking 21 anymore, Sarah. <laughs> Damn. Jesus. Specifically, Sarah. Everyone Specifically else. Sarah. Specifically, Sarah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, Poseidon had a lot of kids. So, we have three categories children by gods, children by nymphs, children by humans. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> so, we have his children with Amphitrite. First and, and sort of foremost among them is Triton. Okay. Now, Poseidon and Amphitrite had a son named Triton, and he's often conflated with his father, as he also carries a trident. However, Triton <laughs> is strikingly different in that he's always depicted as a classical merman, having a lower half that is either a fish's tail, a double fish's tail, or a dolphin's tail. He also was usually seen with a winged brow. Uh, in mosaics, he was seen to have crab claw horns, like his mother, green Sick. skin, and sometimes the front legs of a horse. What? what? <laughs> See, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were we were great. Yep, that's it. Um, <laughs> would act as Poseidon's herald and would blow a sacred conch shell trumpet that he invented to still the waves. <laughs> and oh, so he's known as the conch. god of calm seas. Oh, oh that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, that's like Wade. Okay. He was also the namesake for an entire like clan of demigod spirit and creatures called the Tritonies. Uh, which to me is like the four tops or the coasters, like, totally. the, the Tritonies. Like, come on, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? 
This magic it's, wait, try Tony's. Yeah. That's just three Tonys. That's Tony, it's just Tony, three Tony, 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 Tony. That's it. That's Tony, Tony, Tony. That's it, yes. <laughs> Popstar Pantheon. Popstar Pantheon. <laughs> Popstar Pantheon, bitch. That's it. So the Tritonis were actually described as satyr-like spirits, but of the seas. Uh, no, but okay. What? But So they have that same <laughs> sort of like raucous, lascivious, like to drink, like to party, like to fuck shit up that the satyrs have, but they're in the seas. But and they're, they're described as having green hair, very fine, hard scales, breathing organs below their ears, a human nose, a broad mm. mouth with the teeth of animals, sea green eyes, hands rough like the surface of a shell, and instead of feet, the tail of a dolphin. The human nose part, though. What? <laughs> yeah. I think they just ran out. I don't. I think they were yeah, like, that like, one could just be a hum- normal, normal style. Well, I, don't, I feel like everything kind of made sense, and then you can't just put like a blowhole in the middle of their face. You yeah. know what I mean? Human nose is not good for breathing underwater, though. No, yeah, but they, they got I know though. they have the gills. Yeah, yeah. It's just for aesthetics. It's just a luck thing. Yeah. <laughs> that description. Well, how else are they going to wear shades? That's so. That's so true. Oh, you know? that's it. Because they don't have the winged eyebrows to hold them down. No, so I like the winged eyebrows. Gonna... I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a luck. No, no. So a winged brow means. Like, I know it's up here on your head. Right oh, I did. I know. I didn't know that. I just thought kind of like wings how the wings are on the sandals. But, it's but, just on the like, sides of the head. Your, yeah, at your temples. Yeah. I it's funnier we if you imagine that. I thought we were fully in this situation. Wings for eyebrows, though, is kind of like that's a luck. I thought we were right here. Yeah. All right. That description, by the way, that it gave you of the Tritonis is ancient. It comes from Pausanias. Um, pretty cool. And then they had two daughters, arguably three, but the third one doesn't actually really matter. Um, so you have Rhodos, <laughs> yeah. who's the personification of the Greek island Rhodes, like the Colossus of Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then you have Benthesikimi, who is a North African sea nymph known as the Lady of Deep Swells. Wow. North African yeah. sea nymph. Lady of Great Swells. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She likes waves. Then we have the next two kids <laughs> who have a different mother, and that mother is Demeter. Demeter right. is involved in the oldest known myth featuring Poseidon, mm-hmm. and it's the rape of Demeter. Now, Poseidon <clears throat> made advances on Demeter, uh, his sister, and he she shut them down. She was like, absolutely not. Then he pursued her, and she fled. Now, seeking to hide from Poseidon, Demeter found a herd of wild horses grazing. No. And changed herself into a mare and began grazing, trying to blend in. That's the worst thing to do. Yeah. Poseidon, chasing after her, came to the same clearing and surveyed the scene. Demeter was cunning in changing her shape. However, Poseidon was long understood to be either the progenitor, the creator, and or the tamer of horses. So he saw right through the illusion, changed himself into a stallion, and raped her. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that story now. It's awful. Out of this violence, Demeter bears two children. The divine horse, Arion, who can talk. (laughs) And Despina, the goddess of the Akkadian mysteries. Now, so you have the Eleusinian mysteries, which people are usually a lot more familiar with, if they're familiar with any of them. Uh, And they're centered around Demeter and Persephone. But then you have the Arcadian mysteries, which are centered around Demeter and Despina. Despina, by the way, is really more of a title than a name. It just means, like, mistress of the house. As it said that her Mm -hmm. real name could not be revealed to anyone who was uninitiated. We know at this point 
with almost a certainty that Persephone's secret name in the Eleusinian Mysteries was Kore, K-O-R-E. Yeah. We don't know what Despina's was. It's been lost. Now, in Bronze Age Arcadia, she was the goddess of nature, birth, and death, and her consort was Wanax, a name later used as an epithet for Poseidon. Demeter and Despina were the two great goddesses of Arcadia. The nymphs were their handmaidens, and they were tied to springs and animals. This led to the pair being heavily linked with Artemis, who to the Arcadians was the very first nymph. Hmm. And out of this violence, Demeter also bore a new epithet, a new aspect of her divinity. Demeter Erinus, the vengeful one. We'll see more of her when we get to her episode. Erinus is a super cool name. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I feel like the thing with... Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of situations in which someone is like, I'll just turn into an animal to hide. And like at first I'm like, if you know that other gods can turn into animals, why would you turn into an animal? But then I had to remember, like, animals are, like, relatively new, I suppose. Or at least some of them, I guess. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe I can hide in these new animals, this, like, new DLC animal. Uh, because maybe they haven't played this map yet. Like, I don't, like, in terms of, like, the timeline of these, like, animal transformations. I think, honestly, well, first of all, if anybody transforms into anything, nine... 0.5 times out of 10 it's from Ovid or Ovid I mean because oh. um, Ovid wrote Metamorphosis and literally yeah. it's just a collection of myths where everyone changes into everything into like everything, that's yeah. shit as soon as somebody changes into something you can almost guarantee it's Ovid that told the story however <laughs> my, the way this is the way I think about it you're just trying to blend in with the scenery mm-hmm. but they're gods yeah right. they're gonna notice so, does that mean that like when you turn into a horse it's like has Glowing. like gold light shining all around <laughs> it like yeah. how, how well can you camouflage or also like let's say it's like they turned into a pig and then they're like in a pigsty with all these other pigs and like the mud won't stick to them yeah yeah you know or they're mean? just like, much larger than all the other pigs and like much like, healthier and like, yeah. like perfect looking i like, think it's, it's like, like it i imagine it like it's like who framed roger rabbit where all the other pigs are normal like our pigs and that one's a cartoon pig with like huge eyelashes <laughs> like you know what i mean it's like <laughs> May. yeah yeah I, I also think of Demeter like turning into a horse but doing kind of like a rough draft of what she remembers horses looking like um, and like forgetting like the doe tail or something like that and it's like oh shit they have different tails it also and just Poseidon being like eh, what is the what is you know it also sucks <laughs> it sucks that she picked a horse because he's probably like that's not one of my horses who the like, fuck is that like I was like turn into grass or something a bird yeah, yeah. also he knows all his I'm horses. I'm trying to critique you here, Demeter, but like, I think you know about trees more than he does. Yeah, exactly. You could be a tree, be a tree. And you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Being a tree works. Um, so, again, this is the oldest <laughs> myth about him because it's supposed, to, it's supposed to, like, again, reaffirm that link with horses, um, <laughs> which we will get to. Um, oh, you keep saying that. <laughs> I know. I promise we will. But now, I feel like this story, too, is like, this particular story is involved in like several i mean most i guess greek stories are but this one seems like pretty important to like a few other gods too um like obviously demeter and poseidon but i think there's like the some other i don't know i think like the the question of uh poseidon's role and the children thing is really interesting to look into Mm -hmm. as well for sure um, so Poseidon also had several other children whose mothers are not easily defined. Uh, he <laughs> was father to Alebion, Bergion, and Otos, who were giants. And then more famously, the Cyclops Polyphemus, 
Yeah. Polyphemus is kind of a sad character, and he makes my heart hurt. His name <laughs> means abounding in songs and legends, and it's kind of a running gag in, like, ancient Greek myth that he's super oblivious to his monstrous size and, like, indelicate nature Aww. and his total lack of skill at music and storytelling. And he, like, goes around kind of dressed up, looking different than the other Cyclops, Cyclopes, and he's like, I'm a bard. Um, <laughs> and he's actually the one, he's the Cyclops who gets blinded by Odysseus yeah. when his men are trapped in his cave. Uh, and after he was the, making cheese, bro. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. He's just trying to get an honest living in the Midwest, making some Provel cheese. That's and it. He... And so you know, of course, Odysseus plays that fucking trick on him, and he's like, "Nobody you know, pokes I'm my nobody. eye out." And I know. The other Cyclopses come over, and they're like banging on the stone door to his cave, and they're like, "Are you okay in there?" And he's like, "Nobody blinded me. Nobody's nobody hurting me." Out. And they're yeah. like, "Great. Well, best of luck." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Can you shut the fuck up now? I know, poor guy. They're on the boat. They get out of there. They're on the boat. They're leaving. And of course, Odysseus, being a giant dickhead, can't help but be hubristic and crow about his victory and yells to Polyphemus, like, hey, you fucking moron. It wasn't nobody. It was me, Odysseus. And Polyphemus, you would think, like, would pick up another rock and try and sink the ship that he can't see. But he instead falls to his knees and cries out to his father, Poseidon, to bring down vengeance upon Odysseus for yeah. doing this Much to him. better plan. It's a way and better. Poseidon does. I told you he loves all <laughs> he loves of his, his boys. Kids. He loves his kids. So Poseidon answers. Now, the thing is that Poseidon couldn't kill Odysseus outright because the fates had decreed he would make it home. So, so he ensures that he arrives home years and years and years later, Broken and alone, all his <laughs> yeah. shipmates having been killed, only to find his house in utter ruin. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's one of my favorite things about teaching the Odyssey, is uh, being like, hey, Odysseus is not a good guy no. here. You learn that um, when you get to basically any of the... Like, you start yeah. learning about Hercules, and you're like, oh no. Like, this yeah. is not good. This is. I think kids initially want to just kind of be like, ah, man, fuck Poseidon. He's always in the way. And I'm like, well, Odysseus did just kind of run up to his son's house and just cause so like, right. just like yeah. permanently injured his son off of nothing. Yeah. Off of no smoke whatsoever. No need. Um, and then tried to leave. The plan, <laughs> the plan with the sheep would have worked. Totally. It would have yeah. worked if he couldn't see them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, anyway, or if he could see them, because they'd be underneath. They'd be underneath, anyway. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> uh, Gaia is our next mother. Mm. Um. Which means a lot of giants. Poseidon is fucking his grandmother. <laughs> um. First up, we have Antaeus. Now, Antaeus was a giant, um, who is most famously known for losing to Heracles during one of his twelve labors. So Heracles has to go get the golden apples of the Hesperides. We've talked about them mm -hmm. before. And he mm -hmm. crosses paths with Antaeus. And Antaeus challenges anyone who passes him by to a wrestling match. And he's undefeated, by the way, to the point that Antaeus has built a temple to his father Poseidon out of the skulls of those that he has bested. That's awesome. So that's, that's a lot of sick. fucking people, and that's, that's a metal. rad... Yeah, <laughs> so Heracles is like, yeah, I'll fucking wrestle you. Fine. So they start wrestling. And quickly, Heracles figures out that he's unable to throw or pin the giant. 
at all. And uh. the reason for this is that Antaeus was invincible as long as his feet never left his mother, the Earth, There's Gaia. Uh, that's a sick mutant power. That is pretty rad. Yeah. He doesn't know this, but he does figure out like, oh, I can't do anything while he's standing up. So he uses all of his divine might to lift Antaeus up, grappling him in a bear hug, and then crushes him to death. Oh. Wow. And this match of brute strength and that moment that I just described was a favorite subject in both ancient Greek and in Renaissance art and sculpture. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of how many times I've seen that and not known that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you've Probably like sort of like seen a man with his arms wrapped around the middle of another man, like lifting him up and the other man is like, ah, like this, kind of bending back. Yeah. That's what that is. So then we have Charybdis. Does Charybdis sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Charybdis is an infamous sea monster from Greek mythology, but that's not what she always was. She was just a regular sort of minor sea goddess. She was a faithful daughter and servant to her father, Poseidon. And during the time that he was in a really bitter feud with Zeus, she helped him engulf the land and the islands in water. No. Zeus, angry over the land that she stole from him, captured and chained her to the seabed and then cursed her transforming her into a hideous bladder with flippers for arms and legs and an uncontrollable thirst for the sea. As such, she would drink the water of the sea three times a day to quench her thirst, which would then create these vast whirlpools. And she lingered on a rock with Scylla facing her directly on the other rock, which basically created this dire strait nearly impossible for any mortal to sail through. It was the death of hundreds or thousands of men. And Aristotle actually mentions in his Meteorologica that he had heard of a fable Aesop had once told to a ferryman that was like steering the boat that he was in. Aesop says to the ferryman, you better find another job because she will drink three times. People think she drinks three times a day. She drinks three times in an age and she's already drank twice. Hmm. With the first gulp of the sea, we were able to see the mountains. With the second gulp of the sea, we were able to see the islands. And with the third gulp, She's going to dry the sea all together, and you will be out of a job. Oh. I remember that vaguely. Mm. It's awesome. That's a nice little sail talk to have on your way to your destination. <laughs> you gotta love that you're like employing somebody to do something for you, and you're like, you really should find a better job. That's, yeah. yeah. Like, Thanks a lot. You're gonna be out yeah. of work soon. Yeah. And lastly, we have the Lastragonians. They are a race of man-eating giants who resided in southeastern Sicily, and Odysseus and his men were forced to escape them during the Odyssey, because who didn't they run amok of or piss off at some point? <laughs> and then we have a child of a goddess that you two immediately seem to have fallen in love with, and I didn't have much to say about her back then, but we're going to bring her back up now. Uh -oh. Do you remember Keone? Yeah. The goddess of the snow? Yeah, because it's the cutest name ever. It sounds like a sake. Yeah. Keone sake, goddess of the snow. It just sounds really romantic and, like, adorable. It really is, honestly. So Keone was the goddess of snow. Remember, she was the daughter of Boreas, the north wind, and her mother, Arethia, the mountain gale. Keone and Poseidon had been carrying on for some time in secret because Keone feared her father's notorious wrath. So after she gave birth to a son named Eumolpus by Poseidon, she did the completely reasonable thing grabbed the baby and uh like around i guess the ankle and like spun it around and threw it into the ocean oh okay to hmm. be rid of it i guess yeah that's that's but a one then, way 
Poseidon like grabs the baby and like yeah. rescues it. So I don't know if it was really just a handoff. I don't know. Yeah, I feel. But, I was like, I can't tell if this is a long like, distance yeah, handoff. Yeah, catch. Or, like, <laughs> I can't tell if she's like, you know, go maybe on, she like, go went on. down to and like whispered his name in the ocean so he would hear it to be like, I'm gonna throw the baby in the ocean. You have to grab it. Yeah, like why drive the kid to preschool? You can just, just toss throw them. Him, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Bangarang that ass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so basically he you know swims up, grabs the baby. And then gives the baby to his daughter, Bentha Sakimi, the one that we were talking about earlier, to raise. Now, he goes on to be an adult, and then at that point he marries one of his foster mom, you know, Bentha Sakimi's two daughters. But I guess he, I don't know, picks the wrong one. I don't know what's wrong with him. He lusts after the daughter he doesn't marry and attempts but, to rape her. No. Oh, He's unsuccessful, good. gets caught, and gets his ass banished. Oh, good. He then has to go to Thrace. Along with his son, who's appeared from nowhere. I don't know who his son is. Yeah, who the hell's that? Something is <laughs> yeah, I guess when you try and like rape your sister-in-law, suddenly you get to keep the kids. I don't know. So him and his son take off for Thrace, and his son marries the king of Thrace's daughter. And then later on, he gets caught planning to overthrow the king, and then gets oh. his ass banished again. Jesus, this guy's a mess. He's a mess. At this point, he basically settles down in Eleusis where he goes through years of prayer and rituals and he atones for what he's done and goes on to become one of the first priests of Demeter and the founder of the Eleusinian Mysteries. Oh. Because of this, he was then able to make amends with the Thracian king that he had attempted to overthrow. They became like gal pals and then he went on to inherit the crown himself. What? This also, he was an excellent musician and singer and went on to become the music teacher for young Heracles. This really turned around in yeah. a strange way. Uh, what is his relationship to Demeter, though? Was he just like, oh, she's not, you know, it's not enough people showing Demeter. Somewhere. I'm going to be honest gonna... with you. I think it's actually kind of, there are stories where someone that has to make some sort of propitiation and if they're descended of a god, mm. then mm -hmm. they do something in service to a god that is opposed to their progenitor. Oh. Mm. And that's like the way that they sort of square things. That would not be the first time I've heard of that. So it could be that. Interesting. Huh. And then from the nymphs, we have the nymph Theophany, uh, who I think is just like a sea nymph. And oh. Poseidon gets down with her, and she gives birth to the golden ram, as in like the golden fleece <laughs> that Jason and the Argonauts go for. So she just gives birth to a golden ram that I guess has kills. Totally makes sense. I was going to say underwater. Yeah, yes. That's some wet-ass wool. And then we have, you know, we've discussed at least on a surface level, the Pleiades, right? The seven sisters yeah. and they're the stars. One of them is named Alcyone, and with her, he oh, has yeah, a whole sort of line of important people, but it also, because he beds down with her, he becomes the grandfather of Orpheus. Ah. Yeah. That's some, that's some, that's a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, he's busy. Because doesn't that, like, kind of pull him into two like sets of mysteries at least yes that's wild but only as a relative not as a particular yeah 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 but just like in terms of getting just know, like proximity he's related yeah to yeah. <laughs> yeah um and then we have the mortals so with the mortal aethra he is the father of theseus 
and with the mortal Eurynomy, he is the father of Bellerophon. And then we Damn. have the mortal Tyro, who was a mortal woman married to a nam named Crithias, and she had a son named Aeson, and they don't matter. Uh, because everything <laughs> that had been like super hunky dory for years, everything was great. She was having a great life. And then one day she fell madly in love with Anipius, the local river god. Mm. She pursued him, but he refused her advances. Oh. Um, so one day she went out to bathe in the sea and was seen by Poseidon. And he approached her full of lust, I'm assuming with a giant heart on. Hello. Yeah. And she turned him away. Stating she was in love with Anipius. This is a sad love triangle. Yeah. So he left her to finish bathing. That's the plot twist. Uh, that is weird. Uh, but the next day, as she walked along the river, Poseidon emerged from the flowing waters in the guise of Anipius. Yeah. And seduced one. her. <laughs> yeah, well, that. Yeah. From their union was born a pair of twins named Peleus and Nellius. What? Dum -dum 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 water boys, dum -dum 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 water boys, dum -dum -dum water boys. Pelias and Nellius, totally. They were considered to be extremely beautiful. They had long flowing hair that was always wet. I don't know why. And they go on to play pretty, pretty big parts. Um, we have another Argonaut. What? Nellius. And then Pelias ends up being the king that sends Jason after the Golden Fleece in the first place. Right. I, okay, wait. So, okay. So one of them is the king that sends for the fleece. Yes. One of them is on the crew that goes to get the fleece, and the fleece is related to both of them. Yes. yes. It's their cousin. It's their, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Nepotism, yeah. what can I say? I don't know what to tell you. They're like the Windy Boys of the Sea, kind of. Yes, they are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They're gorgeous. They're wonderful. Everything goes great for them. <laughs> It seems that way. They don't really. There's no downside to their stories, I guess. Pretty successful. It's okay. Yeah. I'm assuming Dude. they can breathe underwater. I maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Seems handy on a boat trip. Yeah. <laughs> then we have. Um, so King Minos of Crete had to compete with his brothers for the crown. So he sought the advantage by calling on the gods. He prayed to Poseidon to send him a snow white bull, which would declare that he had won the gods' favor. In return, Minos would sacrifice the bull in his honor. Easy. The next day, a pure white bull of extreme beauty walked out of the waves and laid down at Minos's feet. He paraded the bull around and displayed it at a feast held before the entire city. He won the crown handily, and yet when the time had come to do the deed, to perform the sacrifice, Minos found he had grown so fond of the bull that he couldn't do it. Oh my god. He decided to keep him and offered a substitute sacrifice instead believing that Poseidon would totally get it. He would accept it. It's not the same. That's not Stupid the same. Stupid asshole. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he did not like that at all. He's like, that is not my bowl. No. It's a... some normal hamburger bowl. It's just mm. some, some, you know, brown spotted, <laughs> like normal heifer. Not the same. He got his revenge in a way that I find is a little bit ironic. Poseidon basically was like, oh, you like that bull so much? Why don't you marry it? You marry it, yeah. <laughs> so Poseidon exacts his revenge upon Minos by causing his wife, Pasiphae, to fall madly in love with the bull. Oh. She goes so far as to have the brilliant craftsman and inventor Daedalus fashion her a hollow wooden cow that she can climb inside of in order to be mounted by the bull and not crushed. Okay, that's mm -hmm. very odd. I don't want to kink shame, but it's odd. That was the first fursuit. Yeah, for... Oh, that was, yeah, that, that was the first fursona, for sure. Yeah. 
as a result, the Minotaur was born. That makes sense. Now, why he's so weird. Mm. <laughs> Pacifay nursed him, and he grew in size, but he also grew in violence. Yes. So, basically, <laughs> he was half man, half bull. So, like, kind of nothing diet-wise could sustain him. And that meant he was basically only wanted human flesh. He was just hangry Good. all the time. Yeah. So he Default. craved human flesh and caused a great panic and a lot of chaos in the palace and then the kingdom. So Minos sought the wisdom of the Oracle of Delphi and followed her advice, having Daedalus construct the iconic labyrinth to hold the Minotaur. I like that that was the solution. Just build a giant maze. <laughs> I think the thing <laughs> is Stick him in the middle of it. They couldn't kill him. Yeah. yeah they couldn't they had to trap him, him basically. Yeah, so that's it. Although they could have found him his own island. Yeah, or like... Like, there are plenty of giants out there that have their own island. Yeah. It's just a complicated way to trap him, like, in a maze. <laughs> well... It's very soft. It also kind of seemed fun, though. Yeah. You know? like, well, the reason for the labyrinth, I don't know if you remember this from the stories, is that actually there was a agreement between Crete and Athens... Mm -hmm. that every year Athens had to send, I think it was like six young men and six virgin girls. Right. They had to keep him happy. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where it ended up being like one of Poseidon's special boys that he was not going to allow to be killed or have be mistreated. So it was kind of the only, I guess, real happy medium that they could strike. Wait, who's, because who's the guy that comes and fucks all that up, the thread? It's Theseus. That's what I thought. His, his, his brother. Yeah. 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 Theseus is... The Minotaur's brother. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it was. So there, there's a lot of familial some, issues there's here. Some weird family stuff going on. So yeah, that's the children. All right, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in for our first ever Amphora episode. Woo! Oh my god, it was expanding, so much fun. expanding. It was it was shorter, but just as impactful. Yeah. The size of a bite. <laughs> One and, tiny nugget. And full that's of flavor. That's it. Season twelve. <laughs> so Poseidon. Had a lot of kids, <laughs> and winged brows were involved, um, and, and horses. horses. It's been a whole thing. And horses with fishtails, and people who young, have young clip clop. Young clip clop is killing the game. <laughs> killing the game. That mixtape conch shell bitch is yes. everywhere and nowhere. It is so good. It's just the ne the next one is under the sea. That's it's it. Just, it's, it's just, just under the sea. Conch shell hussy is what you can call me from now on. Our new album is dropping. Big conch. Big conch. <laughs> All right. Sand dollar hose. <laughs> um. So anyway, thanks so much for checking out our M4 episode. We hope that you're still listening and still like us. Um. You know, we're here for a good time, not for a long time. That's why it's a shorter episode. Hey! But we'll be back. But we'll be back next week for also yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, this shit is pulled from epic poetry that's like hundreds and hundreds of pages. 90 minutes will not kill you, bitch. So if you are enjoying the show, 
and you are thinking a lot about and God that we have not covered yet, you can talk to us about it and tell us the questions that you have or what you want to make sure we talk about um, by emailing us at uh, whengodwasqueer at gmail.com or hitting us up at anchor.fm slash whengodwasqueer where you can leave us an actual voice message, bitch. And if you sound, you say if you sound real cute and you know how to pronounce the word vase, mm. then you mm. will be able to be featured on the podcast. What... Um, spit a verse about being underwater if as young that's Clip-Pop. what we need is young we clip pop big conch and sand dollar hose to be involved it's with this urgent. podcast get it immediately it's get it. a pod like a pod of dolphins you see where we're going pod. keep yes. up bitch. don't be crusty be a crustacean air pods what about sea pods Mm-hmm. Okay. We've, we're, right. it's well, <laughs> we said all those things. Um, <laughs> so, uh, other than that, you know, listen, um, have the life you deserve, and we will talk to you soon. Be gay. Do crime. Commit, burn a church, shoot a cop. The gods yeah. are always yeah. watching. Try and do all of them. Honestly. At the same time. Yahtzee. In a a moving vehicle, in a go kart. That's it. Wreaking havoc. Okay, bye, Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)